Welcome to Season 2 of the Adult Children Voices Across America Speakers Meeting Podcast. You can attend this meeting live on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Pacific Time using the Zoom ID 848-5208-0640, password 061120. For more information about adult children of alcoholics and dysfunctional families, visit adultchildren.org. The following speaker share from Theta was recorded on January 12th, 2023. Let me just start with saying, because I am grateful, grateful to be sitting in this seat. And it is a privilege and honor to be here. And I always start with that um, for a lot of different reasons, because it's true. And the other thing, because it grounds me. Um, I'm always very nervous before I speak, especially, right? Especially in ACA. Um, and I spoke last night, so I'll try and maneuver a little differently. I will try, uh, can't promise. What I really think is important to know and to understand the reason it is a little more struggle for ACA is because for me with alcohol, it was something I put down. So it always gave me a category in order to speak to because I could say I'm sober. When it was food, I weigh and measure my food <laughs> three times a day and I don't eat anything. And I've been doing that over 24 years. It's concrete. With ACA, with all those things I've done and all the other programs, I still was antsy. I still was a little nervous. I still didn't understand the promises or the gifts or any of those. I was still uncomfortable in my own skin. So it's really important to say that um, because years and years doesn't mean anything if I can't sit in my own body and be okay. If I have to continue to um, conjole, make things okay, feel like I have to fix it, if I have to do all of that and still be sober and abstinent, there's something wrong. So what I want to do is, because we have quite a bit of time, is I want us to read, I'm going to read, what does ACA recovery look like? This, to me, is one of the best pages in the yellow book. There's a lot. The thing about ACA is it's, it's, it's who we are. It's who we are, not what I do. I talked about that last night. It's not what I do. Can't go around saying, oh, I did this. I did that. It is who we are. It's, it's our soul. And the literature here is so rich. Um, the content is just amazing. So what I want you to do is just relax with me, because when I see you relax, I will relax. Um, I'm going to read what does ACA recovery look like, and then I will talk to you about my story. Okay. It starts with, by working the 12 steps of ACA and by attending meetings regularly, we began to realize that ACA recovery involves emotional sobriety. That is what ACA recovery looks like. But what is emotional sobriety? To understand emotional sobriety, we must first understand emotional intoxication, which is also known as para-alcoholism. Para-alcoholism represents 
the mannerisms and behaviors we develop by living with an alcoholic or dysfunctional parent. As children, we took on the fear and denial of the alcoholic or non-drinking parent without taking a drink, okay? Emotional intoxication can be characterized by obsession and unhealthy dependence. There also can be compulsion. Even without drugs and alcohol, we can be drunk on fear, okay? Stay with me here, with fear, with excitement or pain, right? We can also be drunk on arguing, gossip, self-imposed isolation. I'm gonna talk a lot about that um, during this time. In essence, the laundry list, the 14 traits of an adult child offers a textbook example of the behavior and attitudes that characterize an emotionally intoxicated person. We fear authority figures and judge ourselves harshly while being terrified of abandonment. Without help, we seek out others to reenact our family dynamics. We can recreate our family dysfunction at home or on the job indefinitely until we find ACA. I'm gonna talk about work. This means that our adult relationships resemble the template relationship we developed as children to survive an alcoholic or otherwise dysfunctional home. We find others to create chaos, conflict, and unsafe relationships. Emotional sobriety, a changed relationship with self and others. That is the most important thing because that's why I'm here. It's an emotional sobriety. We measure emotional sobriety by the level of honesty, mutual respect, and the acceptability of feelings in our relationships. If our relationships are still manipulated and controlling, we are not emotionally sober, nor, no, excuse me, no matter what we tell ourselves about our recovery program. Emotional sobriety means that we are involved in changed relationships that are safe and honest. We feel a nearness to a higher power. We cultivate emotional sobriety through 12 steps and through association with other recovering adults. That's our meetings. <laughs> You're my others. You're my others. Um, so I that's the end of this page. But what I love about it is it tells me, it outlines and it describes all those things of what I felt was missing from my life, but also identified what my life is like. And I'm going to read you a little something and then I'm going to go into the story. And it is called Honesty and Truth. I let you make me feel unworthy and thank you for the growth. I let you unveil my defect, why I honored how I concealed yours. <laughs> I let you gut me, whoops, wait. I let you gut me like a fish while I swam in shame of self-awareness. I let you eat me alive and I devoured the leftover crumbs like a gourmet dish. I drank your venom, nourished my oblivion. I swallowed your genius and puked my intelligence. I let you take my dignity and I ask for forgiveness. You took, I ask, 
you prayed, I worshiped. You criticized, I idolized. And then you left me battered and bruised on a floor begging for more. That's the way I lived my life, most of my life. You were always okay, and I just needed to fix something. It was painful, um, but I said it was joyful. I found something wonderful in other people, and then I would have to figure out something for me. I did that at work. I did it at play. And I'm just, oh, Theta's so sweet. She's so nice. She's so wonderful. Theta was dying, dying inside because there was an obsession and an unhealthy dependence on other people and keeping a situation where I can survive it in some way. And because I didn't really know how that survival would work, I had to figure it out. I was, <laughs> one of my therapists said, he's like, you're like a bird, you're always moving. <laughs> I, and I do move a lot. So uh, brace yourself because I heard in another meeting, somebody said, you're always moving. Yes, I do because <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready for battle. Even when there's not a battle to be had, I'm ready because I am adult child. And I, my isolation, I didn't even know I was an isolator because I always thought that it was around so many people. And I was, um, I worked in an industry that was very creative and you could just, so it allowed for me to be chaotic. It allowed for me to be rude when I, and it allowed, oh, they're just talented. And it gives this, this landscape for bad behavior. Um, and all I really, I just stayed in it because it allowed me to continue to fix things, but also hide at the same time. So I could be out there doing things, but not really be part of. There was something about um, for me in this disease that I didn't know how to navigate situations that would have a positive outcome. I only knew how to navigate a situation to where I was in control and I could get the hell out of there. It was fight or flight. That's what I knew how to do. Um, I could do it with a smile. I could talk to you. I could, I could do all of those things. But inside, I was dying. And by the time, and it, what was very confusing to me, and they talk about it in the literature about denial, because the alcohol wasn't rampant in my house, and I wasn't getting my ass kicked, <laughs> I thought everything was okay. So it was the love mixed in with the abandonment and the constant criticism, right? So one of the things we learn in ACA is about becoming a, lover, a loving parent for ourselves, finding what that means, what is, and also looking how we become that loving parent. Because I noticed that my loving parent was still a little critical, but it was just saying it in a nice way. And that's because that's what I grew up with. Oh, you know. Oh, this is great, but I'm sure you could have done it better if you just did this, this, and this, right? That's criticism. 
that's saying something isn't right. And it's saying, I have to change something. That's what my head says. And even though I wasn't slapped or hit, I was continually criticized and abandoned and left. I used to walk around my town all by myself at a really young age. Not that it was scary or anything, but nobody really knew why I was. (laughs) And I don't think they really cared. They just knew, oh, she'll come back. Um, there was a lot of that, a lot of just like taking care of myself and nurturing myself and not really understanding how to do that, along with nurturing all the people in my house, because it was my, and it wasn't even a big family. It was just my sister, my mom and my dad. And I had a brother younger than me, but he was six. So my mother was always caring for him. So then I couldn't get in the way. What I noticed about this disease, and then I'm going to move on, is that for me, it was don't make yourself a nuisance. Take care of yourself so you're not in the way. And I do that with my friends. I give them a break and they can't stand it for years. They're like, I keep telling you, I don't need a break. I was like, oh, no, you need a break. No, everybody needs a break. No. And someone finally said to me, Vita, you need a break. We don't need a break from you. And I realized that whatever it is in my home that I grew up with, be it good, bad, or indifferent, I landed in this place where I really, and I said this yesterday, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart, I walked into here and I went, I was here many years ago and I kept saying, oh, that's not for me. <laughs> and it just got worse. What do they say? Never better, it just gets worse. It's a progressive. Yeah, this this disease is all this is also progressive. Don't, don't, don't kid yourself. What do they say here? We could tell ourselves something. It's progressive, it gets worse. And untreated, it gets worse. And that's that's what I would do. I would just kind of like find ways to like separate myself from someone so that I, you know, and I even joke about it. Remember, I'm not a long visitor. (laughs) I'll be in and out. Half of it was because I don't want to be there that long making conversation, or it would just take everything I had, take my soul from me to make sure everything's okay. When nobody asked of that, they didn't ask that of me. It was because I had no understanding of what it was to honor who I am, right? And that's what it says we come here. We get a level of honesty. This is about as honest I can get, you know? It's, this is it. Mutual respect. I have respect for everyone in this room. I don't care what your story is. I have respect for you because I know being uncomfortable in ourselves no matter how it comes, is uncomfortable. And no one wants to be there. (laughs) None of us. And then the, you know, the acceptability of feelings. I had to learn to be honest, right? And my friends have learned to be honest with me when they said, I don't need the break. You need to break. I had to learn to do that break. When I walked in here, I did. This is where I left off. And I said, help me. Help me. 
because there's nothing else left for me to give up. I already don't drink. I already don't drug. I already don't debt. I already, I am dying. And I don't even understand why. And for me, the denial was so many years, and so many stories and so many scenarios. And, you know, it didn't matter where in the world I was. And, you know, I can travel in like some of the <laughs> worst areas in a country because guess what? They won't talk to me and it'll be great. I could just, I can go into the museum for hours and I could just like release. I used to say, I realized that I was unable to even have a love relationship with anybody all these years. And I even said to my friends once, I go, why didn't you just say something? And they said, well, you always look like you were happy and okay with it. I wasn't really okay with it. I just didn't know what to do about it. And I kept telling people, oh, I don't need anybody. I can do this myself. I buy my own houses. I buy my own things. I don't really need. Living in that denial. And then I would be envious and not envious in a bad way, but I would think, oh my God, even they can have a relationship. They don't care that it's a bad one. It's better to have a bad one than none. But <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Again, it's these stories in my head. It's this denial and stuff that I make up that's not honest. It's just not honest. The honesty is I stayed alone because I was frightened to death of too much closeness. I gave you a break because I need a break. I don't stay at your house, not because, um, you know, I don't want to be that close and I really want to watch TV all night. No, it's because I really do need to be by myself so that I don't have to worry about anything. I could just be. That is the most important. <laughs> um, what also was something that I noticed that was so, I noticed that the people in the other rooms had sort of this, um, this grace and this like happiness, right? That I couldn't understand. Like, <laughs> it was like, hmm, I wonder what they're doing that I can't do. And I was thinking maybe I mimic them. I didn't even know how to, it got to a point where I didn't know how to mimic got to a point where um, they talk about this here, about work. I used work and staying late hours and doing all-nighters, and that was my excuse because it was easier to do that because it was superficial than it was to have a stronger connection. That's the truth. And they talk about that here, about work. Um, we recreate our family dysfunction at home and on the job and indefinitely until we find ACA. About, um, I've been coming in and out of ACA about three years, really probably doing a lot of work in the last three years. Before that, I was just visiting. I called it visiting in between UA and something. <laughs> I knew I needed help. Um, I had gotten a really huge promotion yet again. 
Um, as I told somebody once, I said I could be at Starbucks and I'd be the manager in a couple of weeks. That's just who I am. So I got this really huge promotion and um, and I um, <laughs> new people came in and I got demoted <laughs> in front of everybody. And it was horrible. And they weren't wrong. I was rude at times. I was um, critical. I was all the things that were somebody was to me, I was. And I was able to hide that many years ago when I would go up the ladder. There was something a few years ago that I couldn't hide. And it was, and people didn't want to hear it anymore. And they just didn't want to do it. And I lost that. And I ended up having to take time off for medical leave um, because I just got so down and depressed. And I'm the first one to tell you, oh, I'm really healthy. I don't get depressed. That's for other people. No, <laughs> I do get sad. I just hide it so much and keep it so inside that I become tight and I have to hide. So the thing is, is I sat and bought all that crazy survival stuff into the office with new people and they were not going for it. And um, I had to, what I learned in ACA, this is one of the best gifts given to me because all my tricks didn't work anymore like apologizing without really making a change, smiling, it doesn't work anymore. All these things just didn't work. What I was able to do at work was to not make them wrong and to own up for what I did. And that came through ACA work, working with you, working with my sponsor, doing the steps, doing all that work. I was able to be honest. Yes, there were areas that I was unable to control my behavior. And I was disrespectful to people. That's not who I am or who I want to be, because that's not how I want you to treat me. It isn't. And I don't spend all these years being clean and sober, all these years opening up my heart and doing all the stuff I do to be mean to you. It's ridiculous. One of the things they say also in this book is we no longer live as a victim. Yes, that happened to me as a child, but we can all say I haven't been a child in a long time. The behavior is old. It's not working and it hasn't worked, nor should it have ever worked. What I love about ACA is don't make your parents wrong because that's well, they probably knew. So what I had to tell myself is what is it? And this is really a step 10 in, in AA and all the, all the groups. I just didn't work it well. <laughs> I, I guess I didn't work it until I came here. And that is, it's my side of the street clean. My side of the street hasn't been clean. So I couldn't get all the promises that they offered in the other rooms because it wasn't clean. wasn't right. So. What happened here is I also had a friendship with someone that became violent, <laughs> violent, 
not physically violent, but verbally violent. And it became a reenactment of my childhood where anything went and I was making him unhappy. He was making me unhappy. We both cared about each other. And he finally like just said, get help or I just can't talk to you anymore. Get help. So yes, there were several things. It was the loss of my promotion and having to be embarrassed, but having to stand up and own it that brought me here. It is knowing that something just wasn't right brought me here. It is the fact that I identified in so many ways what you were saying. When people talk about all the insides, all their parts, I got it. When they talked about the disconnect between the head and the mind and spirituality, I got it. Um, When you talked about the things that you do today to make things work, I get it. I get it. And, um, And I use it. They talk about here also... Um, that emotional sobriety means that we are involved in changed relationships, right? So those relationships, I started to change. My friendships, I started to change. And this time, I actually <laughs> stayed with one of my friends because it was two nights. <laughs> She's like, and you have the whole upstairs by yourself. I don't understand. She doesn't understand because she's not an ACA person. I cannot be that close, but I did it. So I'm walking through things differently and realizing she's not going to leave me. She's not going to hate me just because I want the TV on or I, I need to go downstairs or if I need to do anything, I can still be me because if the relationship is solid and the foundation is there through honesty, caring and love and just respect, the person isn't going to have a problem. You know, it's just that I didn't know that because it was a problem for me. So I started changing in that way. Um, I changed. One of the things I've always done is a lot of volunteer work. And um, in the last few years, my volunteer work has changed more into mental health and suicide because a lot of people, I know several people who actually um, committed suicide and my father was one of them. And um, so I did the all night walk and I couldn't have done that without ACA in the support of knowing that we do. We go beyond. We go beyond. We heal. We find a loving parent and tell ourselves, it's okay. I got you. We got this. Whatever happened before isn't today. It is the gift of now. I'm learning the gift of now. So I registered again and I'm going to do it again. And um, because so many people that I worked with, you know, they have a saying in the rooms, they're not doing it to you. They're just doing it. I made it like you were doing it to me. So then that made, we had an argument going, right? You're doing it to me. No. People, we're all parked at the point of our pain. That's where we are. And wherever that is, that's what we give or don't give, right? 
that's 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 our level. No one is responsible for taking care of me. That's also what I learned in these rooms through my step work. I'm responsible for taking care of me. No one is responsible for being kind or generous or whatever. I'm responsible for doing that because it keeps me healthy and connected with a higher power that I can thank my God for being able to sit here and for the first time in my life, really say, Theta, I love the hell out of you. You're a great person. Instead of having all my friends, all my childhood friends, all my look at me, before my best friend died, she looked and she said, I hope that one day you will be able to see in you with me and everybody else sees in you. You are exactly what your name is. You're a gift from God. And I want you to see it, but you don't. It was hard for me to see anything because I was always trying to fix something or control it or apologize for it. That's the big thing. I'm sorry. I'm so, oh, I'm so, I walked in too soon. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's like by the time I got to the six, the seven, the eighth step, the list, the nine, I was like already thankful. You know, I was like, oh, do I have anybody else to apologize to? Didn't I do it already? Um, what else that I got in these rooms? Gosh, you can tell I love these rooms. Um, your stories have like changed my life. The, <laughs> the other thing is, and I'm going to go into this, and this is the scary part I know for a lot of people, is the nearness of our higher power. Um, I actually, I thought I found God in the other rooms. And I did in order to stay sober and abstinent and whatever through the tools, right? Because there's all these little tools you get and stuff. ACA, I found a connection to God. That is, I I, <laughs> I should be embarrassed to say this. I literally like took this like meditation class or something because I used to do TM. But this person was talking and they're like, if you're looking up in the sky, I'm just going to tell you, there's nothing up there. <laughs> and I was like looking at the sky and um, <laughs> they're like, it's part of you. I don't even think I knew that because I, I don't know. I just, I didn't know it. It's okay. Because there was a lot of things when you raise yourself, you don't know. <laughs> There's a lot. Um, because you make up your own rules and you survive by them. So I was like, oh, I thought I had to get on my knees and then go to look up in the sky. And they're like, ooh, I don't know. So it's different things for different people. But what I learned in ACA and through doing some really heavy duty, more research and reading this literature, I'm telling you, this literature is like, I haven't picked up a book recently. <laughs> you know, you can't ask me what books on the New York Times bestseller list because I'm like in this stuff for you like the last couple of years. But one of the things I found was this connection that is part of me and guides me and directs me into what's next. And there's something beautiful in realizing. And I think it's Echo Toll or something who said, an action is better than like no action. You can't do a wrong action, right? You just do an action. 
And then from there, from there, what's next? No one ever gave me that opportunity. Nope, there we go again. It's a victim statement. You notice, stay with me, guys. That was a victim statement because I said no one ever gave me, right? Can't be. We give ourselves. Just checking to see if you're listening. So, but so I'm coming to a point where I just make the next action. And then from there, I go through this. I talk to my sponsor, I talk to fellow travelers, and I figure out, like, okay, here's where I am. And I think the beauty is with ACA is that it's a it's a slow burn. Like it's you can do a little bit and you're okay. And then you could sit with it, right? It's like, okay, I don't have to do this much. And the other thing was always like, I had to do this much. I was grading myself, right? This is an A, because I didn't know how to not do that. So what ACA does is it's over time. They say that in the Red Book, it is just over time. We change over time, we learn. And it first comes from awareness. And it's being aware of so many things, but I can't change everything at once. So I have to change little things. And one of the ways I've changed is just looking at it, whatever it is, even that statement. Now, what do I do? How do I own it? And the whole point of a spiritual spiritual growth that I'm doing is we start with the victim. That's the past, right? That is only if, if you, and that. It's always something outside of me. I am living in the by me. That means I, I, inside, inside. And that's what ACA has given me. It's an inside job, the inside to the out. Then it is, it's by me, it's through me. Through me, when it's inside, I can give to you with love respect and all the things that I'm supposed to do. Doesn't mean I do it every day and all day, but it means that is the spiritual minds that I'm growing in. And it's through me and as me. And as me is truly a transformation into a spirit, which is one of a loving, caring parent to all my insides. The little girl who's scared, the preteen whose father commits suicide and left her and she feels abandoned. The teenager who at 17 had her whole body redone in a hospital <laughs> and was in a hospital for six months with major surgeries. The young adult who was so frightened and was on morphine because that's what they gave her in the hospital. That young woman who ended up being almost 300 pounds because she could not face life which is walking around smiling. There is a whole lifetime here that wasn't all bad, but there was so much missing and it can be better. And I believe that if we stay in these rooms and if I'm not saying something that sits with you, it's okay. That's the beauty of ACA. That's a beautiful, all the 12-step programs. Stick around because it will grab you. But if you leave, you don't have a chance. Stay here. Someone will tell your story. Someone 
will say something that may help you. It is about an openness, a willingness, and just looking at the relationships that we foster. So as I'm closing, I'm not sure what time. I was looking at my time and then I stopped looking at my time, but I think TD's going to tell me when I have 10 minutes. Okay, so I'm going to start wrapping up because I told you all the beauty of ACA and why you must stay here. (laughs) Whether you like this share or not, you have to stay here because that's what we do. Um, But, um, and I do want to say that I do work the tools and I didn't really put that in, but I am going to say that it is important. And that is step work, right? Inner child. We have, gosh, our meetings are amazing. We have a meeting for everything. The traits book, (laughs) the loving parent book, the yellow book, the step book. And that's what I do because that's what they said. I make meetings. Meeting makers make it. I still believe that. I don't care where we are. I think that's an important um, part. I also do fellow travelers. I talk to people in between because there is a point where they say, contact. We need to have contact with people. I also, like I said, I work with my sponsor. My sponsor gives me an hour a week and we go through. And that's why I know what this everything says. Before I was like, well, where's the step? Where where, where are we here? <laughs> we go through paragraph by paragraph and we go through it. And we talk about where are you today? So where I am is I... Uh, needed a break, (laughs) yet another break, because like I said, I'm on an emotional, spiritual journey through finding myself and um, bringing myself out of oblivion. (laughs) And I decided to resign. And I don't say quit my job, but I decided to resign from a position that I only had for about eight months. And um, At first I started out, oh, God gave me this, you know that, you know how we walk around with all these things, social, and then I had to put it on Instagram and do all the stuff. And then I realized, do you want want to get better or you want to just, hey, I'll be social. So I resigned, did not quit. I I did something that is asked in this book, and that is I spent time with with God, my area of power, and I asked, what should I do? I was already starting to make them an authority figure. I was already starting to make myself small. I was already letting them gut me like a fish and I was finding something wonderful about them because there's such a fine line between, for me, between taking care of myself and fighting with you. There's, I have to learn how to do that. And I could see that I was starting to get anxious, angry, and could and aggressive. I, yes, maybe I could have walked through that. I chose to let go. And no, I don't have another job. Somebody said, you're leaving without another job. I don't have a job. <laughs> I don't have a lot of money saved because I spend. Um, And I didn't update my resume, (laughs) but I'm going to spend this time, which I've never done, to allow myself to trust God like I never have before, to stop controlling situations and figure out 
What is it that you want to do? What is your gift? Who is that person, right? Who are you? Because I'm not what I do. Because I did that for years. Well, I'm a producer and I'm blah, blah, blah. Thank you. Ah, producer and I, and I traveled all the way. And I, it was like, <laughs> like a resume. No. This is what ACA told me. They said, I'm a person. <laughs> not what I do. I'm so much more than that. So much more than that. We all are. So. I'm taking this time. It's only been a week, so I'm already happy. <laughs> we'll see where I am when I come on this meeting in a month. I'll be like, I don't have a job. <laughs> you know, nobody's gonna hire me. And one of the things I learned is in this room, and I and I know it, I don't allow. It's a beautiful thing. It's real 12 step work. I don't allow any negative influences have me make decisions that are for me any longer. I just don't. I I bring it up. <laughs> I bring it up. And um and then whatever that answer is, I live with it. And um as far as I'm concerned, that saves me. That saves me. And I have become a better friend, um, a better aunt, and just an all-around better person. And um, and I don't apologize for it, even though I still apologize a lot. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm okay. But a lot of times I say to myself, if I was doing it a thousand times and now I stopped and I'm only doing it 500, then there's still some growth there. <laughs> that's, that's why I judge it. I was like, no more, no more of like that parent shit. of like, well, it's a thousand. You could have done like 2000, couldn't you? No, I don't live in that lane anymore. I'm like, no, I ain't going for that. If I have 500, it's better than it was. If I did one, I still did better. If I do an hour a day, Right, an hour of day of just loving theater, then that was better than where I came from. <laughs> the way I look at, it. I have two hours. It's a good one, but uh, you know, as long as and it's the other thing with ACA because they talk about this in the Red Book, as I notice, I do, and this is great. I used to like be. I I'm really present with when I check out at grocery stores, wherever I am, like if I'm on the subway, if I'm walking down the street, I'm so on it. Before I looked like a raving bitch and it wasn't because I didn't like anybody. It was because I was like, so I'm self-absorbed. I'm an adult child. I'm self-absorbed. It's about me. <laughs> Stay away. So now I'm more um, open and I make sure I just stay present and give that person the respect of taking my change, you know? It wasn't like I disrespect them before, but it was just that I didn't really notice. But I do now because that is one of the things they ask for emotional sobriety. It is a level of honesty, the mutual respect. I'm going to read them again, just in case you forget, because this is what we're all here for. It's <laughs> mutual respect and acceptability of feelings in our friendships. So when my friends come to me, I am compassionate, warm, and I don't do this. 
didn't you, this happen to you before? I don't say that. That's the kind of shit I grew up with, right? I don't want to hear it. Just listen to me if I said it a hundred times and let it go. I don't have to say anything, right? You just have to be there, you know? And, um, but there'll be some times when I will, but I, I'm not perfect, but that's what I work towards. I work towards getting rid of the obsession and unhealthy dependence on survival skills. That's, <laughs> that was my nice name for it. So as I wrap up, <sighs> I can tell you, I'm so glad because I'm starting to I'm starting to get very giddy because I'm getting nervous. And um, but I just want to I just want to reiterate though that um, this is a gift. It's it's truly a gift, and um, I don't want to lose it. I don't want to lose it. I just um, I just want to keep working. And I really, really work at the loving parent part because that's what it is, is those voices in my head that say something's wrong. I want to love and have just a nice way of saying it, you know, just a good way. I don't know how that's going to be all the time, but I know if I keep listening to you guys, and all the meetings, each time somebody has a different way of saying it. And I just write it down and I just listen and I think, you know, maybe I'll try that on myself because my teenager is wild. <laughs> you know, she takes charge. She doesn't believe I know what to do. And I don't blame her because I haven't, right? I haven't. So... We're going to keep coming back, even if you didn't hear what you wanted to hear. <laughs> Thank you. Time is up. And hey, I made 45 minutes. All right, Vita. All right. Thank you, everybody. <laughs>